Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the Square Ball Podcast. Dan, Michael, and Moscow White with you on the weekly show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. 10% discount on your legal fees. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the Square Ball. If you're not yet a TSB Plus member, there is still time to get on board with this. Enjoy our month's free trial. Brand new t-shirts coming your way in the next sort of couple of weeks. I think you might like the design for these. Perfect for spring. And there is a priority buying period and a discount for TSB Plus members. An ad-free stream as well, dedicated ad-free stream of all our podcasts so you don't get any Jake Humphreys. Uh, it's not his name, is it? It's Jake Humphrey, but we should still call him. Yes, call him Jake Humphreys. Because yes, it'll really yeah. rile him, wouldn't it? Barry's son. Yes, indeed. And <laughs> no, you get no adverts, so you won't hear him inviting you to listen to his show if you get TSB Plus. And this week, we spoke to Adam Pope from BBC Radio Leeds as well, didn't we? It was a good chat with Popey. Uh, it's terrified about Everton going down. So if you want to bask in someone else's misery, then uh, have a listen to that. A little sample of it here. What I'll always take, and I felt as I was sort of living through, is that this is a special moment in anybody's career, no matter where you're coming as a fan or as a journalist or as a player, that it's going to be unique and that you're probably not going to have this sort of um, phenomena again. It was it was unique. Thanks to Popey for that then. We enjoyed it. Good to uh, hear his take on Frank Lampard as well yes I, th- I think he held back mm. he stopped short of um, unconvinced of calling him a, a complete twat which <laughs> I think is is what we would have gone with but I, I guess he's got to be diplomatic hasn't he BBC and all that uh, the squareball.net forward slash plus if you want to listen to and watch all that stuff get the discounts and everything that's TSB plus into the weekly show then and part one is where we look at the news there'll be no preview section this week as well because there's no game international week we can all exhale however this section has kind of morphed into relegation watch hasn't it, over recent weeks? Because, well, we've got nothing else to talk about. Even that's irrelevant now, isn't it? We're now, we're we're now, now we're safe. Yeah, yeah. don't know why <laughs> we're even looking at the bottom. Looking up, can we still make Europe? No, yeah. we now that we know that Wolves are not allowed into any European competitions, can we overtake them and sail past? I think it's, it's going to take quite a run towards the end of the season mm. to get that, but let's not rule it out. Let's not be unambitious. People would accuse us of being negative otherwise, wouldn't we? We are 17 points behind Wolves. So what's that divided by three? So we need to win 5.66 recurring games. Mm. Fine. Should we just round that up to six? That will probably make it easier, wouldn't it? And hope everybody else in between loses. And how many games are left? Oh, about eight. Well, I've got plenty then. Eight yeah, games, good. yeah. Games um, to spare. Psychologically, I know we've kind of dealt with the the fallout and all the implications of the, the high drama that we witnessed at Molyneux, but now the weekend's out of the way, dust has settled a little bit more. Are you a little bit happier than a week ago? I mean, I think... A, a week ago, I'm pretty sure on the relegation watch bit, I took Newcastle and Brentford out of even looking at their fixtures because I was like, well, they're they're gone. They're probably safe. And now 
we're within a point or two of them and I still don't feel like we're safe. So I'm not quite sure how my mind is <laughs> is working on that. But yes, it looks it looks a lot better. My Newcastle mate is uh, he's still looking over his shoulder. He's not yet convinced that it's done and dusted. And, it's, and the chances, like the statistics of it, suggest that they are just about there. I think the chances of them going down it's something like four percent. You know, that Project Five Thirty Eight website that mm. incorrectly guessed that Hillary Clinton would be uh, Donald Trump, but it also modelled our promotion. We followed it a lot through the promotion season, didn't we? Just to see what the statistics were saying and their their modelling. They've got Newcastle down as a four percent chance of going down. Um, we are at twenty two. Brentford somewhere in between in between that so Newcastle and Brentford should be safe and Brighton, Brighton as Moscow rightly predicted at the start of the season they're trying to fight their way back into this aren't they yeah, having got, having won seven games in about the first 20 just stop stop bothering now they've got two left and as we said because they've got um, us right at the end of the season they've got to save one of their remaining wins that they are allotted every year nine and no more I mean you think we're joking about this we're not no. if you go back and check every, every Premier season. League season they win nine don't they yep and not a single one more so They've got to save a couple up for uh, for us. But I think the Newcastle defeat at Everton kind of said something about Newcastle, that they've been on a you know a good run. They've beaten us, obviously, then they beat Everton, Villa, West, they drew with West Ham, beat Brentford, Brighton, Southampton. So good, and that's probably got them safe. But it doesn't mean they're a great team it and doesn't turn them into kind of... They didn't become world beaters overnight. They just went on a good run of results. And you saw that game was just awful it was really shit two terrible terrible teams Richarlison uh, though good to watch him such a such a fun player isn't he Richarlison it's uh, I bet him and him uh, and S would like, get on really well like, uh, like Jogo Benito isn't it the, <laughs> the beautiful game and it's kind of a shame in some ways that uh, Norwich Burnley and Watford are so, so dire that we can't really account for Everton or Newcastle getting really shoved down with them I would love obviously now is not the time to do it. But if we could send five teams down <laughs> once we're up to 15th, mm. I think it would be worthwhile. And, you know, if it is down to uh, the joy of football and the beautiful game, um, I know the rest of the world may not have enjoyed it. And we heard in propaganda that some Wolves fans think it was the shame of football and the world game should be embarrassed about what happened at Molyneux. But so much more exciting. Even Everton having their kind of late winner against Newcastle it wasn't fun. It wasn't good. It wasn't thrilling. And it didn't say... And then they went immediately to Crystal Palace and just got absolutely trounced 4-0. So at least I think us putting those back-to-back wins together and with the way they were done just says we are a, a better team, a more confident team um, with better people. <laughs> we play better football. It's more exciting. Leeds um, United, just nicer. Yeah, generally. We bring a lot to the, the Premier League, so maybe there is a conspiracy to keep us in it. And Because that was the other half of the Wolves mania that gripped everybody online afterwards, was not only the conspiracy to keep Wolves out of Europe, but the conspiracy to send Everton down. Because, you know, the last 50 years of them honking up the, the first division. <laughs> and with media darling Frank Lampard in charge, I mean, oh, it's, mm. all, it's all really lining up. And, you know, it's without Hans Sagers to pay off to keep them in the, the Premier League. I don't know what they're going to be able to do this season. It's like the one, the one protection has gone. But um, I'd love them to go down. Who do we save? Let's keep... I mean, Burnley may as well I, stay Do up. you know we save? Us. And then let's yeah, just see yeah. what the fates decide. Well, that's what I mean. Four four teams should go down. And then the further we go up the table, the more teams below. Every team that finishes below Leeds tonight should be relegated. Those are the new rules. <laughs> Sorted out the Premier League. Yeah. It, it does feel a much nicer place. And I mean, to, uh, we always said, didn't we, like, Two wins on the bounce, which I did predict, by the way. You've been predicting that all season, though. You're an idiot. Stopped clock. 
than all that. No, yes. stop, but I mean, like the Leeds United madness that just every now and then we pull it out of the bag, like we did at, at West Ham. I just always, I always feel like it's somewhere within us. And I know we've we've really struggled to play properly this season. It's not ever really clicked, apart from maybe that West Ham game and maybe one or two select other ones. But we should have pumped Norwich. Let's face it, you know, mm. we should have absolutely had them out of sight in that first half. But by not doing so, it then lets them back into the game. And then that sub was quite negative, wasn't it? Bringing Cock on and um, well, the, for Rodrigo. The bench at Molyneux said everything in the yeah. second half. The number of players who were there. So Rafinha is absent already. He's at home with COVID. And then you've got Bamford in tears. Liam Cooper with his arm around him. Calvin just trying to keep things cheerful. Uh, Melier's off. Click has gone off. Llorente's gone off. Gelhart hasn't trained all week, so he's not fit to play. It's ridiculous. And it's cost us a good season. It's cost us Bielsa. It's cost us, you know, the progress that we wanted from last year. Nobody would be able to perform the way we would want at least perform this season in that situation. And f- but for them to be getting uh, the results they've got in the last two games says a lot about them and who they are and what they want to be. It's kind of it's, it's to their credit that they've taken this absolute shit season and actually given us these moments of like real incredible joy. I don't know. Um, I kind of made my whole match report from Wolves about Luke Ayling and the things he's done. And I guess when he has his hero nominations in the Heroes and Villains show, it comes up, but Swansea was him running from one end of the pitch to the other with the ball. Birmingham, the 4-5, was like him, fought, like every goal seemed to either be scored by him or come from across by him or driving up the pitch. The title running when he scored the only goal against Bristol and he opened the scoring at Hull and he opened the scoring at Huddersfield. Just absolute maximum effort and you compare it to you know Brentford where Ivan Tony seems to just regard <laughs> the team he plays for and the place he plays in just as like a sad joke upon his life that he he feels very wronged by it's very different atmosphere I know I know we pay no heed to what's going on at Brentford but I am, I'd almost be tempted just to find out what they think about Ivan Tony they, they defend him massively online is when you but what you actually find they're all going no he was just he was just saying no we're exciting because mm. he, he didn't want to show off like I, I don't know anything about Tony, but he doesn't. He seems like he probably is a bit of a show off. Like the yeah. way he takes penalties and stuff, he mm. seems like he's a. He kind of wants things to be. He's a striker with an ego. Yeah, which, is, which is fine. Which yeah. is which is probably what you want, truthfully, from a striker. Is yeah. you want someone who gives it the big hammer. But Jimmy Hasselbank was like that, and he was brilliant. He just doesn't feel that he can do it at Brentford because he realizes it's basically a League One team, and he's kind of stuck there. <laughs> if he'd have only ever said. You know, oh, where do you play football? Nowhere exciting. So if anybody hasn't seen this, he was for some reason somebody like Vox popped him through his car window. I think it was Vox pops about um like thingy currencies, cryptocurrency. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's answering questions about that. What's your favourite crypto? Yeah. What do you do? I'm a professional footballer. Yeah. Where? What's your, what's your name? Yeah. Ivan Tony said, Oh, who do you play for? He says, Nobody exciting. Or yeah. where do you play? Nowhere exciting. <laughs> and that would be fine. And I could see it was kind of like a understated modesty thing. If it wasn't like three weeks since there was a video of him on holiday saying, fuck Brentford. <laughs> so the two things coming together are kind of like, there's, sure. a, there's a pattern emerging here. I don't know what the third thing where they left to be like, oh, you know, actually, maybe. Do you know what, what it's like? It reminds me of, and do you do this, Michael, at all? Like uh, when you meet, you know, say if you go on holiday or whatever and you meet people there, you make holiday friends. Now, where are you from? Ah, oh, just outside, just Leeds. That's what I always say. I don't have a talent, Bradford. I don't, I don't need to bring that mm. sort of shame on myself. It's very true, yeah. Just, just keep it vague. Yeah. But the, to say just no, outside, do you say just outside Leeds? Because you don't want to say Pontefract, do you? It's a fine town. It's a, it's a <laughs> fine historic town. Proud of it. Is <laughs> that Haribo you're eating? Is you know it, where that came from? Is mm-hmm. it, or is it Wake- I made it myself. Or are you a Wakefield denier? Well, I mean, I'm actually from Wakefield, I would say. Yeah. Which is, you know, 
Ponty's kind of part of. But yeah, I think with Tony... You're from the five towns. Exactly. Count them. <laughs> I'm not from most, all of the five towns. Most people towns. are just from one. I'm from two of them, I what, what are the five towns? Dewsbury, Ponty, no, Wakefield... No, not Dewsbury. That's over Huddersfield way. Castleford's... You've got like Castleford, Ponty. Is it Fev? Does that count? Is it Featherstone? I don't think. Basically, what the other way of saying this is just like, do you like rugby league? <laughs> I'm from there. Not not particularly, actually, but anyway. Yeah, with, with Tony, I don't know. It feels like any Premier League striker's job is probably quite glamorous. So for him to be like, yeah. He may, he, he, the way he answers that is as if he's playing in like Peterborough's reserves or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not. It's the Premier League. It's London. No one's really heard of me. That kind of a vibe. But actually, he's... I'm he's, kind of a big deal. But he's but he's, he's quite a good player. To prevent anybody from uh, emailing in, the five towns are Normanton, Pontefract, Normanton, Jesus Christ, they got Normanton. It's, it's, it's your surname. <laughs> your surname. Yeah, that's what I mean, you're, clue, from, you're from Wakefield. Mm. You live in Pontefract. Your surname's Normanton. Yeah, that was a big struggle for you. you. Your you're middle f- name's Nottingley. <laughs> <laughs> and you dream of living in Cass. No one dreams of living in Cass. Cass, Vegas. Just going back to what we were saying there about the atmosphere at Leeds. No, you weren't saying that. I was thinking it. One thing we've got is togetherness. I think we've got a real sense of togetherness and maybe, as you were saying over on Propaganda Moscow, that maybe that's the thing that Jesse Marsh has really brought to the team is just to make them feel loved again. And they all seem to be really united, don't they? Like we saw with the celebrations at, at Molyneux for the winner, charging across the pitch and all that shit. Not allowed, by the way. No. It's a crime against world football or whatever. Contrast that with some of the other clubs. Like, Watford doesn't strike you as a particularly happy place, does it? And like Because they all... Roy Hodgson doesn't bring a party. They hate Hodgson. And he he hates half their players players, and also hates the fans. And they hate the decisions he made. They're constantly, every time I see a post-match interview, it's Hodgson's basically saying, I'm right to bring that player off. I don't care what the fans think. And also, I don't think that player's good enough, but he's here and I have to put up with him. And it's it's hilarious. But And the one we're obviously leading towards here is Everton and Frank Lampard. And look, we don't need to do this at any great length because it's been said lots in recent weeks. But um, <laughs> let's have a quick talk about lo- it. Let's get the low-hanging fruit. Let's let's pick it. Absolutely. But what sort of a manager, when they're in this situation, when they need everyone, when you need buy-in, is what you really need, a buy-in for what it is you're trying to achieve, hangs his players out to dry in the way that he did against Palace. And he might be right, actually, about the mentality of the players not being right, but what's to be gained from doing that in public, apart from trying to mask your own shortcomings? He doesn't leave it at the mentality, though, does he? He says... The bit that worked in the game was me. Mm-hmm. Tactics, wasn't it? It's not yeah. tactics. The bit that, the bit that, yeah, the bit that worked in the game that I set up, that bit was good. The bit where it went wrong, nothing to do with me. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that, it was all when, before I got here. When it started going wrong, that wasn't tactics anymore. That was the that was the players. I mean, In it, the same way as when they beat Brentford in his first game. Mm. He, was was, giving, was him. he was giving it, oh, it's good to see all the things we've been doing on the training pitch. Coming off, well, why doesn't he do, has he stopped doing stuff on the training pitch now? He's been there for weeks. Why doesn't it, does it tell him to not be shit after 20 minutes? And I know what we're doing is we're, we're basically skirting around the issue of how can you absolve yourself in the way that he does of any responsibility for what's going on. That's what I find absolutely remarkable. Like anybody in a leadership position, like, you can't do that. You cannot do that. Look at how often, and we're going back to Bielsa, Bielsa, even if it wasn't necessarily his fault, would shoulder the blame for absolutely everything. And, and he would, in no way would ever chuck his players under the bus. And Marsh, the same, in fairness, so yeah. far. The Villa game was was terrible, and he said it was terrible, but he didn't go through and say, 
Well, everything I've done was fine. Yeah. It's not my fault. Yeah. He had a little bit about them kind of, that it was a struggle to adapt. You can tell they've been playing one way for four years. It's going to take them some time to There was a sympathy sort it in it though, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. But he was kind of saying that it, it will be me who I have to get them to sort that out and change it. Whereas it's Lampard's attitude is always, I have told them all the things they need to do and they're just not doing them. So I don't know what else they want. I've already told them to just deal with the pressure. Yeah. And I've already told them to just grow some bollocks. And what more do they really need? From me, I mean, I'm not a miracle worker. Um, well, I am. I've, I've done obviously a very good job at, at Derby and Chelsea, but you know, these players are just not just not doing it for me. I think it's the um, there is kind of a, a different track of manager in the world because I suppose Marsh was a player, but we can just dismiss it because it was all in America. Not, but, <laughs> not a brilliant one. But I'm thinking because Stephen Gerrard. Just while we're on uh, that, thanks to uh, Leeds United Bay Area, by the way, for uh, yes, uh, I got a mug, yeah. got a t-shirt, and. Um, I mean, I am prepared to wear anything that people send me for free. Just, okay. to, be, just to be clear, great match of lads. So let's get the old uh, the gimp suit in. <laughs> <laughs> nice t-shirt though. Yeah, it's thank lovely. You, thank you very thank much you for, for those. They've, yeah. they've got them too. And mm-hmm. we, we even received them in uh, the right sizes, didn't we? A medium, yeah. a medium or large or an extra like, a, large like uh, the, the bears. <laughs> I arrived uh, already dressed this morning. Mm. Those, so whereas you turned up like just shirtless. So <laughs> you had to put yours straight on. Um <laughs> But anyway, you were, you were saying yes about... Oh, just yeah. about Steven Gerrard talking about Saka should expect to be kicked because he's got a steel hip. Yeah. And it's just, Lampard seems to live in that world as well where he just can't understand that it's not, you know, 2002 and he's a great player anymore and, and he can't just tell players, be better and it'll work. There's more to it than that. And whereas Marsh was a player, but he's kind of, he's he's gone down the very studious kind of Red Bull route. Bielsa gave up playing at an early age and just devoted himself to coaching. And the thing with managers like Klopp, he didn't have a, a significant playing career and devoted himself to coaching himself. Guardiola had this top flight career, didn't he? Maybe it's this, it's the it's the English players seem to be the problem. Gerard and Lampard have this particular entitlement, entitled style. I don't find Gerard as bad. I have to say, I find like he's he, Lampard's on a whole other level for this stuff. But he was being a right dick at the weekend. Is <laughs> this the other part of his interview where um, he started sort of parroting the? the questions back and still saying, I think these questions you're asking me are disrespectful and about, uh, and even though he was agreeing with them, he's like, I just think the way you're asking you, I've already said you that don't, goal. you don't have the right to speak to me like that. Basically there's a lot of that. And I suppose if you did compare playing careers, like Guardiola probably had as much a good of a career, you know, he played for Barcelona, he played for Spain, he won all sorts of stuff, but is he more or less of an entitled dickhead than Frank Lampard, who by comparison I mean, I suppose he won some stuff, but I don't care. Can we hear the clip? Top scorer. Let's, let's top scorer at Chelsea. I mean, they're taking over from Kerry Dixon, big deal. He's just a like a, a modern Andy Townsend, isn't he? Yeah, and if you are a... Got him out of the truck and put him in a on a bench. Like the end of the um, the extra ball this week is a good one where we do speak to Popey about um, Frank Lampard, and I think he remains unconvinced, and we did challenge him as well. Would you, would you swap Bielsa for Lampard? And the, the answer there... <laughs> It's quite instructive. We, we won't spoil um, <laughs> the outcome of that one, but let's hear from Frank, shall we? We didn't play that badly today and Palace didn't play that well today and we lost 4-0 because of a lack of confidence and a lack of what I just said. So um wasn't tactics. Tactics showed in the first 20 minutes. Palace can get out of half. Um, so when you do things right within that, within that structure, you'll be all right. If you can't be clinical in front of goal, you won't score goals. You won't feel like you're going to score goals. If you allow people to stroll into to your box and finish with ease, they'll finish with ease. So, um, real basics. Oh, he's, not... gas, he's gaslighting his players. 
if you just if you do this right, then everything will be fine. It's like a, he's like so I'm watching at the moment um, an Amazon documentary about pyramid selling. He's he's kind of like the people in charge of that when they're like, look, if there are problems, you are the problem. My not- tactics were great. Don't let them score in the box. That's what you need to do. Like, but how, how Frank? How do we stop them scoring? With, goes, the, with the tactics goes back to what we were saying about Jay Humphrey on propaganda last week about you need to work harder and believe more don't you, um, <laughs> yeah, you to need stop to conceding goals listen to Frank Lampard more mm. that will save everything and even goes back to when they did win and he had to make it all about himself because I swear down he, he punched something on purpose so he could pretend he'd broken his hand there, there didn't seem to be any evidence of like hand damage um, in the Crystal Palace match like, did he have a, a cast on no, or I don't think he did no. really, so I think that was all a fake <laughs> and I might be wrong. Yeah. So legally, like I'm leaving out all the options on the table. Um, I just like to see an X-ray. <laughs> <laughs> demand, demand proof. Mm-hmm. Demand proof. Um, well, I don't. I don't trust Frank Lampard. Well, the I think that's a. There's a, a. I suppose that's a very good comparison. Marcelo Bielsa. I would. I'd give him responsibility for everything. Mm-hmm. Frank Lampard. I wouldn't let him look after a an old shoe. <laughs> I wonder what it was going to be then. But yeah, it is, it's, absolutely, it's absolutely right, isn't it? Like, when the when they won the other week, surely that's the point at which you say, the players have put everything out yeah. there. This is exactly, you know, we, we worked on a lot of stuff in training, but they've gone out there and they've delivered and they should be really proud of themselves because... Instead of like, oh, I've broke my hand. Uh. <laughs> you know, but that's what look you do, at me, it? look at my hand. And then when it goes badly, say, look, you know, I will I will do everything in my power to, to turn this around. Today was not good enough and we take responsibility together but we go away and we work on it together and you pull everyone together and you make everyone believe in it but and this, the, the fact that he's hanging them out to dry already it's pathetic even if you're lying pathetic man even if you're lying it's really easy to say yeah like it's not that's all, difficult that's all, that's all press conferences are it's managers saying what is what they have to say and what is expected and we know he's he's good at say. lying as well he's lied about the um, he's lied about what happened at the training ground he's, well, he's lied about breaking his hand in your opinion you know well all I'm saying is I, I saw him 10 pin bowling on the weekend <laughs> <laughs> Who was he with, Christine? And uh, yeah, he was at um, Escape in Castle. How did he get? How did he get on? Did he go play the crazy golf afterwards? He, he lost, but blamed it on others. <laughs> right. Let's hear this other clip. Yeah, uh, nothing, nothing for me. It should be nothing because um... <laughs> nothing. He's right. A, the one thing he is is a, a spoiled little little boy, and he went to a posh school, and he still says nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just unforgivable. That's so he can sound like the common man, isn't it? <laughs> nothing. Mm. It's the way he says nothing three times in a row. I just went, oh, oh, oh. Well, I'm glad you shared it with us. <laughs> nothing. Anyway, follow, follow, follow. We're nothing. the 22nd richest club in the world. That's good, isn't it? That seems high mm. in the list. That's the Deloitte who, they're the, the finance people, aren't they? Mm. That's what they're known as. Like on their badge on their building, it says Deloitte and that finance people. Finance people. Yeah. Mm. Um, but they're ranking uh, club turnover and stuff. 22nd richest club in the world. It's mad, it's mad, really, isn't it's it? It's not enough. We need more. We've only just we've only just turned up in the Premier League. What we do is we need to make more money so we can give it all to players and agents. Mm. That's, well, that's what Man City have done. It is. And they've, um, have you seen their commercial turnover? Yeah. And from, the amount of it that seems to come strangely from, from, from sponsors. Yeah. Mm. All, like well, a lot of them seem very close to the ownership there. Interesting, isn't it? They it just is. they just want to support. It's like when um, those companies based in the British Virgin Islands wanted to support Ken Bates and his in his administration mm-hmm. it's just sometimes you get these nice friends sometimes you get nice overseas friends yeah. who, who mm-hmm. like to invest in something and we ended up with Sabotop yes. like, why can't our fake sponsor give us loads of money <laughs> instead of us having a sponsor that doesn't effectively exist and 
giving us no money either. What even is a Subotop? Well, nobody knows, do they? It's just some weird shell betting company that doesn't really it's, a, it's an Isle of Man-based betting company. <sighs> yes. Who, who you can't use to bet if you're in the Isle of Man. They did start faffing with a UK domain, didn't they? But th- there doesn't seem to be any evidence of it so far. Yeah, I can't. It's um, all very weird. I, we stuff. get a proper... You know, like, if we stay up this time... Um, and then we sort of kick off. It feels like we're, we're sort of, uh, as Phil Hay wrote this week, about going into a new cycle, aren't we? We're going into a new era. Get rid of them lot. Get something we recognise. Yeah, I've tried going on their website, and it just says disable ad block. Right. There's just nothing there else to see, and then that's it. So that's good. It's good that they're encouraging us all to... I want a skip higher firm on the front. That would mm. be nice. I mean, Box T is pretty cool. <laughs> box T. Because it's just... Um, it's like Mr. T, isn't it? Oh, I see. It's just boilers. And that's uh, obviously not as cost effective anymore. What should you do? Jumpers sponsor next year? Yeah. <laughs> jumpers. Nice thick sweaters. Get yourself a jumper. They can uh, put the teams out in some of the merchandise. I mean, Arsenal have got it right. Visit Rwanda. A bit mm. warmer there. You won't need a jumper. Mm. Yeah. So um, maybe we should be looking to that sort of thing. You know, energy efficiency. That's what Arsenal are all about. I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure planes are, are energy efficient, but no. never mind. <laughs> yeah, fixtures being moved. So we were going to play Chelsea at lunchtime on Easter Sunday. Is that the 17th? Mm. That's not happening anymore because they went through in the FA Cup. So actually, it gives us another week off, which ain't a bad thing. And it's great news for me because I'm on holiday that week. I thought right. I was going to miss that. So why why <laughs> did you book a holiday during the season? It's like the third year I've tried to go on this holiday. It keeps being COVID. Are we, is our company not enough for you? Mm, well. I mean, in fairness, did he tell you about this Moscow? I may have, I may have avoided this had the fixtures been out when I booked it because Chelsea at home was one of the games I've been looking forward to for like sixteen years. Mm-hmm. So that's good that it's moved. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame that um, that they've progressed in the cup because I ideally want them to not win anything and then be wound you up. Love Middlesbrough. Well, they're all right, aren't they? I suppose it was a shame for Johnny and Sol and like, exactly. I suppose Peltz was there as well, wasn't he? Great. I mean, I know you can say what you like about Lee Peltier, but at least he's um, not at war with Ukraine. <laughs> that is absolutely true to, to the best of our knowledge yeah his the, yeah. the uh, emails that he used to send people begging us to buy tickets for the games were always very diplomatic I felt mm. there, was, there was never like a like an underlying threat with any of those it never came to our house and forced them upon us did he no no absolutely not um, so that's yeah it's the uh, the Easter weekend then. so it's a shame isn't it that the four day weekend won't be punctuated by a game at Sunday lunchtime and then town would have been absolute mm. carnage after that if that one finished at about two half two. But you know, never mind. There's It'll... still a, a lot of games scattered around the division that aren't scheduled yet, are they? Aren't Burnley are Burnley even bothering with half their games, or is it just going to get relegated and say, oh, scrap it? I mean, no point. From a psychological standpoint and a fitness standpoint, I don't think that's necess- it's necessarily a bad thing because our fixtures suddenly read Southampton at home, Watford away, Palace away. And I think Palace is on paper the most difficult of those three games. But that's before we get round to, to Man City. So hopefully, hopefully Palace have just got FA Cup in them in their mind now as well mm. because they're safe already and they've got a chance of winning a cup, which would be amazing for Palace. Yeah, and then it, but then it leads into us against Man City and then us away to Arsenal, where you, you think hopefully we can get this one boxed off mm. before we get round to that. So if we could get you know maybe Bo- get it boxed tee off, boxed tee off, yeah, six or seven points from these next three games, and then suddenly the season is done and we can uh, we can all relax a little bit it's, and have, um, some, have some fun. Everton with their games in hand so they need to arrange a game with Watford that's obviously a big deal and then they need to arrange a game it's at home but it's Crystal Palace again and we already know 
you know, Frank Lampard's done everything he, well, he tac- possibly can. He knows can. the tactics that work already. But does, will the players do them? That's they, the, worked, they worked into a 4-0 defeat. That's the big problem. And it is, I mean... There's only eight weeks of the season left, just to feed into mm. the point you're making here, Moscow. Yeah, and like so the, they've the, got to get the, these games in, and they've already got more games left than we have any without those two that need to be arranged. So it's getting... So yeah, because their Burnley game, which is... Uh, so they come back against West Ham, and then Burnley in midweek, then Scum, then... Palace, which, uh, or maybe, no, that's because that's been now postponed from that weekend from Easter, so they've got to put that in somewhere else. Leicester, Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester, Brentford, Arsenal, getting the championship. <laughs> we did say, didn't we? I think uh, I do hope they're forced to play Leicester on consecutive days, like in the 1950s, mm. like Christmas Day and Boxing Day or whatever, like it used to be. I'd, uh, I'd be up for that. So that's good. They're going down then. Excellent. Uh, transfer rumours. <laughs> Uh, Phillips has been linked with the move again to West Ham <laughs> Villa <laughs> Villa's not happening no he's gonna, if he goes anywhere it's going to be Champions League level isn't it but he's not going yeah. anywhere and what would be the point of going to West Ham or Villa like <laughs> if he if he got a move to Manchester City or Liverpool I could understand what he was doing but what's the point of finishing 8th if we finish 16th it's a difference mm, we and could, you get to live in Leeds both West Ham and Villa it's not inconceivable we finish above them next year. Yeah. So, what would be the well, point? Yeah. What would be the point? I, I suppose loads of money might be the point, if, mm. depending on what they're offering and what we're offering. That's mm. also uh, for You off- can't spend it all anyway, just Calvin. Off- just offer him more. He's mm. a fairly... It, it strikes me that he doesn't live a ridiculous lifestyle. I mean, he's, he wears expensive clothes, but... I mean, Balenciaga. Yeah, we're not... Yeah. Has he got, yeah. Hasn't he got a Lamborghini or something? So, but, but apart but, from all that... But he earns like £100,000 a week. You've, yeah. got to go, you've got to really go some to spend that much money. I was... I've been... I think about this sometimes with uh, Brendan Aronson, who's just done his MCL. He's got an MCL tear, um, which is interesting. So that kind of puts him out for a junior furpo length of time. But his life in Salzburg just looks so beautiful. Like the the mountains and the lifestyle and just the, the chateaus and everything just looks great. And come, I do, to, come to Beast tonight, Brendan. Yeah, I do kind of think you've got to get, give him a house in the five towns and <laughs> come and training leads every well, day I mean, his, his and his, him and his girlfriend are, are very active on one another's Instagram and they look very very wholesome they are the classic all American yeah. college couple aren't they they also look 12 which yeah. is weird yeah I don't know what I hate most about them whether it's their happiness or their youth <laughs> or their health they're, I mean I can I don't begrudge them their health but um, <laughs> they look so healthy yeah they do uh, they're, they're an interesting all that fresh mountain air <laughs> pair it'd be seeing them uh, adapt to um Get to the diesel fumes of the M62. Come to this asbestos ridden stadium that needs to be knocked down and enjoy life next to the motorway. Brendan keeps posting all these photos of just like beautiful snow topped mountain ranges. (laughs) Uh, I think, well, I mean, the Yorkshire Dales are beautiful. Ilkley Moor is every bit as good as the Alps when it's not on fire. That's Um, true. So if we want Brendan Aronson to play for us next season, everybody this summer, just be careful with your barbecues on the moor because we need to keep the landscape. Just at least presentable so that when he comes to Yorkshire, he gets a good impression. I don't think I ever said, but I actually went up, up on Ilkley Moor the day after the Villa game just because I needed to get away from everything. Like I was so stressed by Leeds United. I went up there, can confirm, a lot of it was on fire mm. in the last, not not when I was there. It's a bit of a problem. But, um, Recent years. And then the other way is uh, Fabrizio Romano this morning. He's talking about Rafinha to Brazil. To Brazil, to Barcelona. He's Brazilian, mm-hmm. um, which I so would accept, by the way. If they if they pony, if they pony up the money, yeah, but they're not really. How, yeah, how come we were we went broke and had to be out of the Premier League for sixteen years? Barcelona were skint for like fifteen minutes, and then all of a sudden they went, oh, it turns out we've got loads. We've just found it all again. We just we had loads of money, 
Um, it was just in a cupboard. I think they were actually <laughs> ready to. We're ready to go again. In now. Shoe boxes. It was all a mistake. Someone had done a spreadsheet wrong. It's just. It's. But they're always. They've always got a lot of cash coming in at Barcelona because of the nature of it. But it, I think it's just because they overreached so much with like with the wages and transfers would, and stuff that they just got squeezed by the and they've COVID learned, and they've well. learned a lesson now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they're never going to make those. So they they had the big funding gap because of COVID. So they there was like a big revenue hole, and then that taught them a few lessons about being fiscally responsible. So. Now they're going to get Messi back, get Rafinha in, whoever else, just, yeah, whatever. I'm just tidying up the uh, the transfer stuff. Aaron Hickey, who's a 19-year-old Scott at Bologna. Never heard of him. I'm not even heard of this rumour. Who's found this one? It was just on one of the sites this week. It was just Great. interesting. It's not a name I'd heard before. I, I, I tend to not bother putting anything on if it's a name I've heard before, because I'm, I'm sick of talking about the same people name, again. named after a, um, a teenage thing. <laughs> Hickey. A love bite. That's the word, yeah. yeah. Which is uh, taking us back to Brendan and... Uh, and Cole, oh, he's not the one we were linked. We were being linked with another Scottish left back from Aberdeen in the January window. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who he was supposed to be going to Italy. So I don't know if this is just let's just some link sort of Chinese whispers. Yes, yeah, thing has, has made given the wrong Scotsman. Um, yeah, we've got rumours of Flynn Downs as well, who's a 23 year old Swansea midfielder. Again, never heard of him, but they bought him from Ipswich. So it says the note here last summer for a million and a half. Is he related to Wally? Yes. Let's say yes. Okay. Uh, and finally, then just and on, Flynn. on he's the manager of um, he was managing Wimbledon, wasn't he? On Rafinha, obviously he had COVID, passed it on to Robin Cock. We found out today, Tuesday. Well, we don't know that for certain. We know that they both have COVID and they both play for Leeds, but whether they were, you know, yeah, that was it was a metaphorical. Whether he sneezed in his face yeah. is a you know a speculation. Whether he licked, and I've, I've just realised now, let's not even do the that joke. Um, <laughs> what joke? <laughs> Licking cock. Um, Melier has a hip contusion. Which is, which is a bruise, right? Mm. When you actually look at it, because I thought, oh, that sounds bad. It does sound bad. Sounds like he's going to need that replaced. Have you contused anything ever? But it's yeah, I've covered in contusions. Yeah. After the, um, I had some after the Norwich game, actually, from yeah. the, the celebrations. Which, which game was it this season? You ended up with a really... My contusion. Oh, was, was that Brentford? It was the, the Brentford, yeah. Brentford, I ended up falling over some seats mm. and it took about five or six weeks for my contusion to heal. Mm. I think it might have even been a hematoma, you know. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> It was. It really. And it's, I've still got marks there. It's not quite healed yet, and it's still a bit itchy sometimes. So that's my contusion story. The other fullback. I'm a survivor. Was a right back called Calvin Ramsey, who seems to be still at Aberdeen. Anyway, we've, we've seen Clicky as well, who's reco- recovery going well. Tick. He put on his. Uh, is that Instagram? Uh, and he's eating pizza and drinking a beer. In. I mean, that, that's not the most notable feature of this. Obviously, there's the the state of his eye, but he's, he's happy and he's smiling. The eye will get better. The concussion will be dealt with. And he's. he's- He's toned the fleece with his eye, which is nice. He's yes. gone for the purple fleece. I the love purple face. That fleece is this. It's a sort of nana fleece, isn't it? It's the sort of thing you see a, a, a pensioner on a ferry wearing to stay it, warm. He wears some good stuff, does Clicky? I love him. I, yeah, I quite like him. He's not. I don't get the feeling he has. He just goes for the standard Balenciaga stuff. Like well, that's that, what I was going to say. If you, if you contrast it with Calvin Phillips, who's always wearing Balenciaga, and you look at Balenciaga and how preposterous and expensive it is, versus that. Well, it's just, it looks like he's just gone down to millets or something, doesn't it? And he's bought a fleece. I think that's an expensive fleece. I'm sure it probably is, but I think he's a bit more like... It's North Face, isn't it? I feel it? like he kind of looks into stuff a bit more. If you, if you look, you can see the North Face logo on it. So it's not that expensive. A North Face fleece is not that expensive. Whereas most footballers will just go, oh, what, what's everyone else wearing? I'll just have one of them. In the same way as they, have all, they all have the identical grey house. Whenever you see a footballer's house on Twitter, they've always gone, oh, just, just do me the same. Whatever, yeah. whatever that is, uh, chairs, dining chairs with handles on the back, and it, an old grey. That'll mm. be fine. There's only one designer, isn't mm. it? It's the Footballers Houses Design Co. Who they all go to. Anyway, the women lost two 0 at home to Newcastle, at the top of the table in the league that they're in. 
which is a shame. Twenty threes, however, keeping the old uh, keeping the pecker up. Three 0 win against Scum at Ellen Road last Tuesday. So we recorded on Tuesday, which was just ahead of the game, wasn't it? And uh, a child scored in the form of Archie Gray, which is great. Um, although he's 16. What can you do at 16 that you weren't allowed to do before? You get your national insurance card, don't you? Smoking a change now. I think it might be 18 now for smoking. And lottery are was you, the other thing as well. Are you suggested Archie Gray into smoking? <laughs> Just saying he could. And lo- well, yeah, lottery what, tickets were the other thing. Archie, your lung capacity is 18. Yeah. I can't remember. How about remember. getting into it? Just legalising it. <laughs> Formalising his habits. <laughs> Your lung capacity seems to have really dropped, Archie, since you turned 16. We're missing the obvious. You can have sex, at, my- you can have sex at 16, can't you? So, yeah. congratulations, Archie. Yeah. <laughs> Your uh, Clicks Fleece, by the way, is a £360 Cause limited edition. Oh, right. So it's, Cause uh, as in the Irish band? No, mm. as in K-A-W-S, the guy who does oh. the um, uh, Michael sculptures. Oh, okay. This is, we're back to the whole um, honour of King's Confusion, aren't we? It's a really expensive, limited edition, very fashionable fleece. So 360 quid for that purple thing with the... Uh, uh, the You don't really see it on him as much, but there's the full... Uh, it's got a, a red collar with yellow trim just to really set off the two-tone purple. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's two there's two um, X's there. So Cause makes these um, kind of Mickey Mouse-style sculptures that have X's for eyes. And, uh, oh, I've seen them. Yeah, there were... Um, just down the road from you at West, uh, mm. at the Sculpture Park, um, huge things over there. And that's where um, Click was also over the he weekend. Was, yeah. He had a nice day out at, at the uh, Sculpture Park. At York Sculpture Park, yeah. He has a good life. He done. He's done all right, hasn't he? He, yeah. seemed, he seems quite happy. I'm happy for him that he's having a nice time. Although I'm now slipping into uh, this is one of Jesse Marsh's things on the, the Red Bull Salzburg documentaries, congratulating somebody after training. Then somebody says, you know, I'm. I'm so pleased for you that you're playing so well at the moment. I'm like, I think that's going to be great for you in the future. And I'm so pleased that this is happening for you right now. And I was being sick into a <laughs> at the time, but now you can feel it's catching now. I'm just like, I'm so pleased that like matches click has a nice life. I'm so glad that that's happening for him. I really, really feel like that's, that's great for him. You're a lovely young man, Moscow. We're all lovely young men, really, aren't we? Yeah. I, I wonder if there's ever going to be, if Marsh will ever snap and he'll be like, What's the opposite of a lovely young man? I guess we'll find out when he gets truly angry. There you go. Archie Gray, anyway. Yes, maybe when he finds out what Archie Gray's been up to. He's uh, behind the bike sheds with a packet of uh, 20 Benson and Edges. <laughs> that young man, he's, I'm, not, I'm not happy for him. I feel so let down by the way his career is going. But um, they were great against Scum. The Chelsea one a bit, is a bit of a mystery. I don't know if they've put the full 90 up anywhere. Yet, well, lost, it was one nil, one nil to Chelsea, wasn't it? On uh, on Sunday, we couldn't we couldn't watch it because of the Premier League stupid broadcasting blackout yeah. means that they can't put any form of football up against the uh, the proper Premier League games. Uh, and it was certainly filmed because highlights are on LUTV and they made us look great and did feature a bit of um, Archie Gray dribbling around players who looked to be about like seven years older than him. But the full match just isn't anywhere. I don't know if that's a sanction related thing, but it can't be. I mean. The, the, you're not allowed, filmed you're not allowed cameras show us the game but they, they filmed it so I don't know very strange okay but um, show, show us the defeat I I'm, demand to watch a Leeds defeat I bet Bielsa's got a copy yeah of course yes are you pleased to have Jesse around of course seems like a nice fella doesn't he I dare say across this week he's had quite a lot of issues to sort out for example you know, getting into the country and stuff it's not that easy is it you've got to get a work permit so if you needed somebody like who could deal with immigration issues mm-hmm. and uh, employment issues Employment issues yet, having to sort of draw up contracts and that kind of thing. All fine and good. 
Then he's going to need a house, residential conveyancing. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, like what you might find you need is a, a solicitor who could do all that. Mm. It's easiest to get it in one place. Absolutely. Um, you could, like, could call one number, go to one website. Can you see where this is leading? I, I think I can, you know. Yeah. <laughs> is it leading to uh, Levi, what they call Le- Levi solicitors? Yes, it is. And do you know what's even better? What's the cherry on the icing on the cake here? Is it a discount of some sort? Yeah. And we know J- Jesse obviously is going to listen to this. And I hope he did before we're saying this. Because then he could have got 10% off his legal fees um, if he'd gone through. Is that through. only available to Jesse? Uh, it's available to everybody. So you be be more like Jesse might have been. Should have been. Saying. Yeah. Don't make the same mistake as Jesse probably did. Yeah, don't don't pay all your legal fees. Just pay 90% of them. You can get 10% off at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. And it's not just immigration and residential conveyancing, employment issues, personal dispute resolution. And it's not just that. He might want to, while he's here, deal with some wills and probate. You need to get them sorted at some point, don't you? You do, absolutely do. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. We're picking heroes and villains now in part, usually part three of the show. It's part two today. Hope that's not too confusing for you. Stick with it. <laughs> do, you, do you not trust our listeners to count to three? You'll get up to speed soon. Just, just hang in there. Uh, yeah, right. So first is the Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award. Ken hasn't said anything this week, which is great. So we don't have to hear from him. He was our former chairman. He caused us lots of misery. So who has done the same for us over the last seven days? Well, wolves, various people, concepts surrounding uh, our lupine friends are uh, are on the list. So where do we want to start with this? And this has got loads of feedback as well from our TSB Plus members. I like wolves. I'm going to put it out there. I enjoyed that game enormously. So nothing bad to say about them. Great bunch of lads, and um, look forward to playing him next season. I mean, Jimenez in particular is just absolutely getting packed here <laughs> in these nominations. There's so many. In a crowded field, as Rachel points out, in a crowded field, 
He's the worst diving, cheating little shit I've seen at Ellen Road this season and was no different in the uh, in the game at Molyneux. Fully deserved to be sent off. But the worst thing was he gave the manager the excuse he needed to write off Wolves' shit second half performance. Amen to that, Rachel. Love it. Uh, Raul Jimenez's dad got in, t- in touch. I'm not was sure. It, was, not... It, was this in Spanish? Or? Uh, no, and he seems to hate his own son because oh. he, he's got a list of his offences actually over the years. Did Calvin's shoulder in 2020. Ah, kicked of course, cock, yes. Kicked cock in the same game. Stamped on cock's shin on Friday. Um, and ripped his sock. And ripped his sock. Let's not forget about the sock. You should I, bill I, him. Added ass will be furious. Bill him for that. Poxy winner, 2020 as well. He got strout booked for diving in this one. Cheated all his career. He was then thrown into the middle of it and then Tried successfully to injure Melier. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's that's his list of offences against Leeds United. From his own father. From his own father. It's um, like Marvin Gaye, shot by <laughs> his own father. I mean, Wolves and Wolves in general all getting hammered for the general approach to it, being a bunch of crybabies, entirely their own fault. You lost, as Lucas puts it. They were, I mean, they were fine before this match, weren't they? It's just Wolves. I mean, Jerry, Jerry's saying that fecking DJ at the game who thought he was part of the show. They can also stick their flamethrowers and big flags where the sun don't shine. Yes. Well, this is all part of the weird other wolves where they promote themselves in Mexico and they have the big following in China and all that stuff. They were very, they have this weird other other side to wolves that I wrote about on the, the blog and I, I wonder um, how much of that might be our future. But let's not worry about that too much right now. So we'll just dismiss it all as terrible. If we do it, it'll be great. Bruno Large's uncomfortable chair suggests they are anti-football bastards um, the way they've played for years and when it goes against you you don't get to uh, bitch and moan about it. There was a lot of that in the comments throughout was just a feeling of them getting their comeuppance more or less for for persistent cheating over the past couple of years that we've had to witness and then it was like all of a sudden in a space of like 40 minutes it just all went so horribly wrong for them that it just made it extra sweet. Small town in Walsall says Adsham. And all the stuff with them, like between the two benches, we've all, you know, we've discussed what a lovely group of quality men Jesse Marsh um, adores working with at Leeds. So I don't think anybody on the Leeds bench will have been starting anything. It must all have been the horrible, wolfish people. I mean, this is this uh, is emerging hairy-faced and <laughs> saber-toothed. This is um, across. This is going to Jimenez, isn't it? I mean. Let's get through some of the, the other ones, but Jimenez has to be the absolute front runner here. Front runner here, like again, we always look at weight of nominations. He's got the most by a mile. Uh, Bruno Large as well gets some some comments. Uh, Matinho, that one we didn't really deal with that to any great extent um, because he was lucky to get away with that as well. We should technically be making long YouTube videos next to a bin, crying, complaining, calling it a shame of world football. I might actually just get my phone, sit in the car for twenty minutes, yell at it until. You know, people in adjacent buildings come out to wonder what's going on and uh, shout and scream about how Kevin Friend should be put on trial at the Hague for not sending off Matinho for that tackle because I think that's the fair and appropriate level of response. But nobody seems we're just using it like whenever Wolves fans are crying, just like, well, what about this? Yeah, and the other point is we've kind of gone, well, he probably should have had some sort of comeuppance for that, but he didn't, but let's just crack on with that anyway. Probably because we won. Someone, someone has raised the issue, actually, of King of Spain. Uh, despite looking at least 70 years old, always has the look of a man who'll score against from a dead ball situation. I'm trying to look up how old he actually is because he's... Matinho, I think he's 35. Yeah, he's 35. Yeah, he, he does He does have a look of like a sort of an ageing gangster. Like he's probably still got probably still got quite a bit of fire about him. You don't want to fuck with him as Stuart Dallas found out, I suppose. Mm. But yeah, it, I, it, it, that was another thing lost in the, that goal was that we basically saw Dallas on the floor and we're like, 
we're going down ten here. He look, he's knackered. Yeah, and he probably he probably is knackered. We've not yet heard yeah, about he his injury, have we? Yeah. The uh, the punditry as well comes in for some criticism in the uh, in the villainy nominations. Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher. Although Jamie Carragher was quite funny in that he seemed to lose his mind in the Sky coverage when it was the equaliser. He just kind of I think he was overwhelmed, wasn't he? And he just ended up shouting the word scenes <laughs> in the aftermath of that. But um. He was then saying how much he loved Liverpool. I mean, to be fair, when they were criticising us about our def- terrible defending and stuff, it was fair criticism because we were shite. Um, you still don't want to hear it from them, though. No, this I is mean, true. I mean, it's all, whenever that's happening, you just need to bring up um, Gary Neville at Valencia. Yeah, this Go is on. true. I mean, Stephen is su- some more. Stephen's suggesting that Carragher's a, um, a boring little bin sniffer. <laughs> and also, bad defending's fun. Yeah. Mm. They should enjoy it. What... What do they want? They're getting paid to watch these games well, and, well, and Carrig- you get to see yeah. some goals. Well, that's what Carragher was sort of saying towards the end, wasn't he? He was like, ah, oh, this is why people love watching Leeds United. But actually, if, if they got what they wanted, we'd just see a nice solid nil-nil. Two really well set up teams. Yeah, two defences on top, no goals, ball fast, great. <laughs> Nothing to criticise at the end of it. Diving Fantastic. Up, just people diving around. Right, who else has got villainy nominations? Uh, Bielsa, why? For making our players as brittle as bone china. Oh, somebody even... Uh, qualifies this by putting in brackets comedy villain of course <laughs> sitting in Argentina in a huge leather swivel chair stroking a white cat and uh, pulling Jesse Marsh's strings yeah it's perhaps McGinty yes come up with that. Uh, Lampard you know why says Jack uh, which is an absolutely fair point mm-hmm. Ryan saying that he's a, he's a shit manager with a playing career inflated by penalties mm, yeah we'll have to go back and examine that won't we about his, uh, his career stats when we next decide to uh, assassinate the man the goalpost protesters get a mention by Lawrence. Yeah, we, that was kind of because there was so much madness going on on the field that um, swift work by the Wolves steward meant that the uh, the old cable tie around the neck didn't happen. Although you can see from that footage, it's one of the fan cams, isn't it, that we found in propaganda. You can definitely see it up close. The guy was uh, was going for it again in, with his orange cable tie. I really like the idea they're going to have to have bouncers for goalposts. I think it's, I think it's going to be a fine addition to the Premier League. Um, the offside rule, actually. Um, Could someone cable tie themselves to Frank Lampard? That his broken hand. Someone should do it. Ow! <laughs> Drag him round. Uh, this is a good point, is this, about the, the offside rule being stupid. Korean White's mm. Josh says, the thick bastard who made the ridiculous rule about not raising the offside flag and it's directly linked to Bamford's injury. It's very true, that, isn't it? If they just put the flag up like they used to do. And this is what really confuses me. We saw it at some points in the Norwich game where the flag would go straight up. But I go back to the, the Scum game as well where I seem to recall on one occasion the flag went straight up for us, but then not at the other end for mm-hmm. an almost identical scenario. And I don't think it's the fault of the, the liners. I, it is. I suspect that they're just don't... No, but they're, they're having to second-guess themselves. Exactly, because they're doing it wrong, so it's their fault. So instead of going, oh, that's offside, I'll put my flag up, they'll go, oh, I'm going to say, I've got a... Uh, but then there's VAR to bail me out, but then, but, oh, I'll put it up now. There was yeah, a Dan so James on it in this game where we all could see Dan James as miles offside. I was going to suggest yeah. it was Mike Riley's fault rather than the liners specifically. Nah, but no, fair. I mean, I am actually... I like this rule for how often it's given us Luke Ayling marching towards uh, linesman shouting, get your fucking flag up. That's been worth it. So I'm in favour of it continuing. So somebody, somebody's mum gets a bit of a nomination. Anyway, again, niche, kind of very personal, but let's read it out they, anyway. They've says, put their name in as happy birthday mum, which I think is, even though we don't do birthday shout outs, I think yeah. they've tried to put their name as that in a very sly way of getting around it. So I'll allow it. It won't work. <laughs> we will not read that out. I think I just said it. Oh, damn, cut out again. This person says, my mum, it's a stupid birthday this stupid weekend, so I couldn't be at the stupid game. Mm. And his dad getting called out as well, my dad Dave, who put the following on WhatsApp at halftime, and I quote, absolutely no way we'd get back into this. Where's the faith, daddy? You dickhead. Where's the faith? (laughs) 
Uh, how, was, how was your dad at halftime? Did you? I didn't really. Did you um, find out? No, I didn't really interact. Presumably with him. gone. He just sent me a flurry of messages, you know, like of increasing swear words. I think I'll uh, I'll read someone else out. I'll have a look. I'll track. I'll track down what Dave, my Dave, was saying, and uh, and I'll come back to you on that. Oh, I've got, and I found one. Uh, it was uh, three screwed up face emojis. Help me, ah. Followed by oh my god, that was ten past ten. <laughs> followed by at quarter past ten, ah, in capital shouting letters. There you uh, go. And, he, he, and the, the first one was, I'm absolutely destroyed. That was about 20 to 10 on Friday. The Woodwork, Marsha's Mayhem, nominated it. And I did look, I did check this. We've hit the Woodwork 17 times this season, which is second only to Man City. Bear in mind, they have about 400 shots a game. I think suggests we have been unlucky there. Mm. Mm, and yeah. Rafinha alone has hit, it's hit the Woodwork six times this season. It's a conspiracy, isn't it? it that's what it is. It's a Premier League conspiracy. They've made him... A, They've fractionally brought them in so we can't score goals. The sooner we ship that post-hitting jinx out the door, <laughs> can go to Barcelona and hit their post if he likes. Oh, um, okay. oh second, it's, it's turned negative now, lads. Um, Rodrigo gets a nomination by Marsh's Mayhem. The post-match team photograph in the changing room is making the rest of us look bad, isn't it? When they were all flexing with their abs mm. and the muscles. Yeah, like, look, he, he's, he's just upset because he's, he's, his wife was looking at that that photo with admiration and uh, it is hard to live up to him I, I kind of you want to go back to the old days when occasionally you'd have some fat lads playing football still yeah. even at a professional level when you say it's hard to live up to them are you implying that you try no like are you, are you in <laughs> Somerville you're just this far away from... I've, yeah I'm, I'm within a four or five stone of <laughs> <laughs> single digits <laughs> yeah, exactly. four, four or five stone yeah. and, and probably about a thousand hours in a gym you were keeping pace with him but then he hit puberty was... <laughs> it was easier when we had Paddy Kenny that's all I'm saying yeah. more, more attainable body shapes for the average man mm. it's a big problem isn't it these days yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to keep up with the you know how these people look on online so have some I want to see um, <laughs> Neville Southall types yes just probably not playing for Leeds because we'll be losing Jimenez isn't it yeah. Yeah. Jimenez, definitely yeah. our villain of the week. 100% nailed on. Congratulations. Right on to the Katana Baradi Hero of the Week Awards. Loads of people getting love in this. The players and the spirit in general getting um, nominations, but it feels a little bit nebulous, does that? So let's get into some of the specifics. I mean, Luke Ayling, an absolute mile of these. I mean, Ken Bates stole my seat, just says Bill, 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 yeah, I, bill, I, bill, 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 I bill. genuinely don't think I've ever seen anyone have this many nominations on there. Um, by the end, I'd stopped putting individual comments on and just listed names because because you're lazy. Because it was everybody. No, it was more work, more work than <laughs> copy and posting. <laughs> Which is funny because I'm sure if you went back a few weeks, people would be saying I need to bin him off in summer, get Cody Drummer back from Cardiff, and uh, wish him well, send him off into the sunset. Thanks for all your effort. Goodbye. Your but, article did something up nicely about Ailing. Just because uh, we've had those discussions, I'm sure at mm. points this year as well, being like. Oh, it's not been great, has it? And I guess when he's playing centre back, he's looked a bit iffy as well. But that's because he's not a centre back. Well, on that, well, well, Ryan, whose full name is Ryan, I'm glad I continued paying after signing up to rant about <laughs> TSB Plus. Says Ailing, he's good when he plays right back, isn't he? Mm. Even then, he's he's had he's had moments. He's had some pretty bad moments, and but I think there is this. I mean, there is that story that's been going, or this developing idea that we need to ship everybody out in summer and sort of start again. But these are the kind of games where it's the old cliche of like um, you're, you're out, but then they draw you back in. And just when you think, you know, Luke Ayling, he's never going to be as good as he was again and he's hit his ceiling or whatever, he just, they do something. And then you think, you know what? 
How old is he? Is he 29? He's 31, I think, now. He can't be 31. I think he he probably is. He's 30. He'll be 31 in August. He's 30 until he's 31. So, (laughs) and you've, you know, maybe he's not in the same condition, but you have got players like Ibrahimovic going until they're 40 in Syria and stuff. So, I think rumours of like Ailing's demise maybe are overblown. Everybody this year has had a bad season and it's difficult to play in a team when so many other players are, diff- are out injured. Everybody's trying to cover for everybody else and we've not seen anybody at their best. But none of it means that they can't come back next season and have a really good season. So yeah. we we could do with another right back um, just to cover so that Stuart Dallas... He's a freak. Have you not, have you not been reading about Cody Drama? He's a freak or whatever they've been describing him as at, I think, at Cardiff. Uh, I think we could go back and villainously nominate Wales Online, the Trinity Mirror clickbait merchants for coming up with that word, you know, because he's a Leeds loanee, he has like two seven out of ten games and he's pumped this out. He's a freak of football, the greatest right back that has ever been seen. It's absolutely astounding. Obliterating the championship. He's playing yeah, pretty but, well. But I was going to say when the, when the bar is Steve Morrison ball, mm. you know. Yes, but um, I think... Quite low. I think... Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad he's doing well. I think, yeah, Trinity Mirror know exactly what they're doing by writing that kind of article. If you want to read good stuff, thesquareball.net, where you won't get any of that shit. Yeah, no. You'll get our particular brand of shit, but... <laughs> they won't have any autoplaying videos of absolute nonsense either and lots of other benefits. Any, survey, any surveys at thesquareball.net? Not going to be popping over, no uh, um, adverts, and we can't promise to reduce the level of um, adverts on the website if you subscribe because there aren't any. Anyway... Luke so we could maybe do with another right back, but Luke Ayling is... He's the heart and soul of the he's team. He's got a lot of time to I go, also, hasn't he? I very much appreciate Alan's reason for nominating him as well, saying he loves how after Raul Clatter-Mellier, Ayling sprints across the pitch and he's clearly telling the referee he should be booked and sent off. Then in his post-match interview on Sky, asked about the challenge and the red card. He says, I don't know, I was on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> you can it. actually, one of the clips we played in propaganda before from the crowd, yeah. you can hear fuck somebody off, say, Ayling. fuck off Ayling. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Love that, and he is. I was saying then before, sorry, I talked over you. I was just he's the heart and soul of the team. He's carrying the the sort of the promotion team spirit, isn't it? I think that's mm-hmm. one of the the hard things that we're being forced to confront this season, as you're saying, like this this narrative that we need to move on and chuck it all in the bin, and we don't do we? We just need to kind of build on what's there yeah. and, and keep these guys. At having the, having a second right back wouldn't mean we have to get rid of Ailing. It just no. means he doesn't have to play every single week. Because if they're like Junior Furpo, they'll never play, <laughs> so it won't be a big deal. And you know, you've got a player there who can play. He can play centre back in the Premier League. He's not the best at it, but he can do it. And it's those kind of, you don't want to lose a player like that unless you really have to. And I don't think just, you know, hitting your 31st birthday is necessarily the time for the scrap heap. I'd love to have that back. <laughs> um, God, I'd love to be 31 again. So there's, uh, there's I'll say this as well. And, and did we mention this at some point? Was it the match ball? Again, it's just a, an adrenaline, you know, fuzzy haze at the minute. Did we mention the celebration, how it was the complete antithesis of a Premier League celebration? Mm. Where you see these dickheads with their bloody, they're doing this, and you know, well, I mean, I know Bamford does that. That's fine, but it, he's different. He's he's us, so he's fine. But you know, you get all the kind of these. Well, Ronaldo's the like the, the dance the, routine, the best, the, suit, yeah. the best example of it. He's got his. He's like, I've got my trademark celebration. Everyone needs to get out of my way. I'm doing a thing. Let me do this, otherwise the mm-hmm. goals. I might as well have not scored if I can't do this. But if you do watch it back carefully, you do see Luke Ailing pushing everybody away, <laughs> saying, "I have my prepared, rehearsed celebration." I need to do. But he's taking the piss, Moscow. That's what I was going to say. Is like yeah. he's taking the piss out of the whole thing. He's subverting the genre. Is what he's doing. He's a good like, guy. To, but to have the presence of mind, because if that was me in, under those circumstances, imagine, imagine this: the pinnacle of your career, the time of your life. You've never earned as much money. You're at Leeds United. It's you, you know you're fulfilling a lifelong dream. 
You've been 2-0 down in a Premier League game. Survival in the division is on the line and you pop up and score the winner in injury time to make it 3-2 and give yourselves a massive chance of surviving in the division. What would you do? I'd be I'd be doing what Joffy did, which mm. is to run around screaming. Which was also good. Yeah. I enjoyed that a lot as well. But to have the presence of mind to think, no, 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 no. I've had this one stored up for a while. I'm going to do the Robbie Keane under these circumstances because my people, my crowd, my audience deserves this. They deserve to see me larking about and making a fool of myself. I think that's the nice thing with Alien. He, he clearly is incredibly dedicated and has got through the years of Bielsa and has pushed himself on to a level that probably even he didn't think he could be at. But also recognising that it's all a fuck about. It's just a game. Mm. Yeah, it's fine, isn't it? You can piss around, and that's and that's what Mateus Click has as well. Have fun, when you, particularly when you're winning, just have fun with it. It's yep. good. Actually, try to enjoy it. I think we sometimes struggle with it a bit as well. <laughs> I certainly do because I'm like, God, we just need to win games and bloody stay up. But actually, just it, there's there's joy to be had in 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 amongst some of the the misery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think he's probably the big favourite for this one. But some honourable mentions for other people in there. I mean. Should we do the, some of the Leeds players like Rodrigo, for example, has been given a number of nominations for his improvement, for his uh, grabbing it by the balls approach, which seems to have happened in recent weeks, which would please Frank Lampard because he showed bollocks. He's grabbing the bollocks, actually. Yeah, Roger says, uh, whereas previously I thought of him as the biggest waste of money since Peter Barnes, now I realise he's an attacking midfielder up there with Strachan. <laughs> very good. And Gillian, uh, I don't know why she's nominated Patrick Bamford as a hero for making a cry. I felt so sorry for him, but that's... Um, it's a sympathy I, I thought it was more yeah. that's a villainous behaviour but he definitely um, his face was quite the story of the match wasn't it of, uh, I don't know why he got so upset but kind of you know maybe it's just a, it's the opposite of or a similar slice from the same piece of ham as Bill <laughs> that just the emotions that they all uh, they all are wrapped up in get the better of Bamford but it was nice to see him smiling by the end and also being confirmed by Jesse that he was absolutely fine and put Gillian through all this emotion for absolutely nothing, just making a big fuss. It's funny, some people uh, liking Jesse Marsh for you know, the stuff that he was criticised for in recent weeks, like putting a player who in Bamford was only fit for 10 minutes at a push against was that Villa, the Villa game, versus now putting Calvin on the bench against Wolves, just basically to piss, piss around with people's heads, you know, that he was there as an option to come off the bench when he was never going to use him. Mm. So people liking that now, you see. Yeah, that's Andrew from Brooklyn saying, and it is a, um, made us feel mo- more hopeful than having a toddler sat there. And it was, um, I don't know what the value is, because it's impossible to measure what the value is of having Calvin and Cooper on the bench, not ready to play, but ready to fight the other bench and ready to run across the pitch and, and celebrate. That was kind of the, when we were talking about Luke Ayling just before and the, the way the players have gone through it, the, the last bit of the celebration when everyone kind of walked away and there was just Ayling and Dallas just hugging each other and then Calvin Phillips went in for the hug as well. And I think that was the first time Ailing noticed that he'd sprinted all across the pitch. So what are you doing here? Yeah, so people were like, Calvin's here as well. And it was just, and they're, um, they're probably, I suppose Liam Cooper goes back further than Ailing and Dallas, doesn't he, by a, a season. But then after that, they're the longest serving kind of three, Calvin being through the youth team. So it was kind of like, a 2016 or 2017 reunion happening by the side of the pitch. It's all very lovely. And so whether, you know, as Andrew's saying, there's kind of this idea of Calvin just being on the bus and on the bench adds something. I think it, I really think it does. I'm starting to to buy into that myself, that you see the togetherness of these young men in this group. And I suppose if Bamford's going to be there crying his eyes out, you can't really leave it up to like Lewis Bate 
to sort him out. It's all right, Dad. You don't worry about no, it. I was going to say, if you've got someone like Liam Cooper, who's a bit of a wiser old head, he's going to know some good power balance. Whereas, you know, the, these kids, Lou Bate, are just be playing hippity hop or whatever it is that the kids listen to these days. You need to cry it out to a good power ballad, don't you, when mm. you're upset? Um, some of the um, non-player nominations, the concept of injury time is picked out by The Vicar, pointing out that um, Wolves at home, Palace at home, Brentford at home, Norwich at home, Wolves away. Injury time has been worth 13 points for us this season. which uh, And it's taken years off our life. I yeah, which is probably well. is the story of uh, of the season, isn't it? Really, and an alternative reality is uh, pointed out by Marky Mark wants to nominate Kiko Casilla for a hero hmm, uh, for agreeing to go on loan. Imagine the reaction if he'd been on the bench <laughs> against Wolves. I yeah. doubt we'd have won. I mean, we'll never know, will we? But uh, and, and to to stick on the goalkeeper, Clarkson got lots of nominations as well yeah, for yeah. for coming on and making some some really good saves. And and just dealing with it in a way that it's it was a tough game to go into. Ideally, you want to be playing a fairly meaningless end of season, you know, let's stick him in yeah. for, a, for a laugh in yeah. the last game of the season or whatever. Big balls, says Simon. Big ball, And all yeah. of them, I mean, the, the youth in general, but also Creswell got several as well for... Um, for that reducer on uh, whoever it was. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, for that neck. Uh, is what he, he's a big lad. He's out, on the dressing room photo, it's almost a shame Charlie Creswell wasn't towards the front because he's a, such a he's such an absolute brute. I don't know what, I don't know what he's being I'm, fed. I'm fairly sure, you know... Have you ever latched onto like footballers who are in the same school year as you? You find a particular interest in them. Like mm. I found out this week that Eric Backer would have been in the same school year as me. Christ, he's aged so well, by the way, as Eric Backer. If, mm. you, if you look at pictures of him now, he looks so good for his Saw age. Saw him the other week, actually, walking by the uh, East Stand. Yeah. I think it was the Norwich game. Well, though he's been in town, hasn't he, um, for a couple of games. But um, I'm just looking at Richard Creswell. I'm fairly sure from memory was the same school year as me. Yeah, he was. He is. So I am, I am able to be... Why is your son not in the Leeds team? Because he's 10. Pathetic. Not a good enough excuse. He's nearly the same age as Archie Gray. <laughs> but it, it just I find it really interesting that kind of you put yourself in the shoes of him and he's the same age as me and that could be my son. I won't mess with him. <laughs> <laughs> if he says, I'm not tidying my room, Dad. I'll say, all right. And it, he just, I want to see more of Cresswell. I find him, for a centre-back, I find him really like box office to watch just because mm. he's got such a... a an incredible confidence <laughs> about him. There's a. I was looking because I just checked the official website for news. There was some sort of charity thing. He was in like an old people's home doing some charity. It was the keep. It was like an active keep fit thing where they got some old people into Welland Road right. to uh, do some like chair exercises and all sorts. But I can just imagine him calling the old men pal and stuff. Oh, he looks. <laughs> he looked very confident in conversation with them in ways that like the more sort of awkward introverts among us can only look on and admire. <laughs> But the best bit in that video is him hula hooping in front of them all, um, which is just imagine standing in front of just people hula hooping. Still, uh, still only a teenager as well. He's twenty in August. Is uh, is Charlie? Are we all? I mean, we saw at Christmas the way he was bossing Joffy around on the uh, the ranking of Christmas chocolates. He's he he's very strong in his opinion. Future captain. Yeah, of whatever he wants to be. Like whether he, you know, he gives it up and he. Captaining a submarine, whatever it is, he will be in charge of it. Um, Jesse Marsh himself gets some nominations for back-to-back wins and so on. Uh, we've got the bench. Uh, we're pleasing people by getting into a ruck with the the Wolves bench. The football gods have been smiling on us this last week. So, uh, I mean, they have, as, uh, as Zach in Australia points out, the football gods who, up to and including this moment, have dicked us at every turn. But thankfully, they've um, they've shined some uh, positive energy on us, some uh, some light this week, haven't they? It's been a Stressful season, but it's not over. It's not over yet. So right. that's not the end of it. Bryn Law gets one for keeping his composure after Rodrigo's goal as it sounded like he had a feral chicken loose in the commentary box. The, the, of the famous Rodrigo chicken. 
<laughs> but I do enjoy listening to the uh, the bias on that. I was I actually I listened into the Wolves version of Bryn to see if he sounded upset. Didn't sound asked, so I didn't include it. I was hoping for some real tears from them, but yeah, quite professional. I'm glad Bryn's more uh, more biased. Uh, Liam Bryn is not professional. <laughs> exactly. It's in terms of, <laughs> I don't want I don't want a, a neutral doing club no. commentary though. No. Exa- you you definitely you just want myopic Sw- screaming yeah, swivel eyed bias. Is what yeah, exactly. We want. Yes. And the Irish Leeds fans, as a collective entity, are praised by Liam. He says, I was in Dublin on my mate Dean's stag do, watching the game with a load of other Leeds fans. Absolute chaos at the last minute winner, causing a range of injuries, namely the stag dressed as a horse, flying into a microphone stand on a stage and accidentally smashing the microphone into the face of the musician, setting up for their gig after the game. At least it sounded good. Oh, and we all caught COVID too. Absolutely worth it. There we go. We're getting into Frank Lampard. We do injuries too, aren't we here? With bragging about all the uh, the broken ankles and COVID and everything. But yeah, it was um, it was a wild evening. There was uh, one other to mention that I think, just in case uh, we're in danger of letting the Wolves contingent down, Kevin Friend obviously gets a lot of nominations from probably every Leeds fan because uh, we all chipped into his uh, his bag of cash. But Joel and Baps and Darren and Kit all. Uh, Kit says he wasn't perfect. He didn't put up with the majority of the shit the Wolves tried to throw the game. We expected those tactics, although he could have sent Matinho off and booked him as for diving, but we'll just about allow it. It was a pretty heroic an eight, uh, and It was an eight out of ten, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. even then, I mean, the money we paid him, I would mm. have expected a bit more. Yep. But um, I think Darren, well, Darren we describes, got value. Darren describes him as fastidious, which I think is absolutely fair. Well, that was it. I mean, that was one thing in the uh, those propaganda clips as well, where he's like... Um, uh, he already had the yellow card in his hand, as if he'd got it out before Jimenez brutally assaulted ah, Melier. We know it's what like, happens here, but even if it doesn't, I'm booking him anyway while yeah, I jog over. But there was no part, of, and it was also like he made the decision too quickly. I don't know how long he had to spend because you, you could see on the footage he goes over, says Caesar's are all right, brings the physios on, and he's looking at the assistant who'd given the foul and was right next to him. He's like. What do you think? He's like, yeah, it's a yellow card. Is that right? We'll get the card ready and it's fine. There's no, like, the fact that he had the card ready while he's still being treated. He's, you, referees, it's not part of the job to wander around going like, mm, <laughs> let me think. Ooh, now. Mm. I'll just, I'll let me speak to a few other, few other players. Yeah, I'll, I'll see go, what I'll, I'll see what Connor Cody has to say. Connor, see what they're saying in the stands. <laughs> oh, it looks like the bench have got some opinions, but oh, I just can't. I can't make up my mind. What am I going to do in this situation? Whereas, you know, it was... He checked his, dis- he checked his phone and he had a message from um, the Premier League, the FA, what, FIFA, someone. What had they told me to do before this game started? <laughs> right, yeah, wait until they're 2-0 down and they've already had four players go off and then when the goalkeeper gets clattered, then it's a red card. That's the moment. Wolves. That's the moment. But make sure you've already booked him because you won't get away with it being a straight red. <laughs> Uh, uh, so Kevin Friend honourable mention for a great performance on Friday but he's a referee and they're bastards and he's not having it Um, um, Leeds United Bay Area mug mug t-shirt mug t-shirt stickers great bunch of lads that's a little sticker you've got a bigger one bigger one on my laptop yeah mine is bigger than Michael's Ailing is got to be it's Ailing it's Ailing for the celebration the goal for carrying us there was no mention of Jackie actually in all the nominations considering he scored and was quite pivotal in uh, in He's so several of the goals. He's so understated in so many ways. I mean, the, that free kick for the goal kind of sums him up the way that he's kind of stamping around frustrated because he's made a mess of it. And it, I've seen people discussing, especially with the argument with Rodrigo, that he's not really a big celebrator. 
Mm. And I can remember, I wrote about it after, because um, he scored against Crew, didn't he, in the, the League Cup, about him, his existence at the back post, where he's always there waiting for one more pass so he can score, but it either gets shot and goes wide or shot and scored. And the Swansea, the big Pablo Hernandez goal is the perfect one because he's there. He's like, I'm here, give me the ball, give me the ball. And Pablo just scores and he just kind of goes, ah. <laughs> and like, the most important goal ever. And you know, it's not actually like an ego thing. He's not thinking, it's just like, it's like oh, okay, that, you've done that. Okay, cool. When the winner goes in at Birmingham as well in the 5-4, he just is exhausted in yeah. the back of the net, more or less. I think that's it. He puts so much into getting himself into position and being ready to do it. And he's like, oh, I can do this, I can do this. Then when it happens, it just takes him a moment to go, oh, okay, right, okay, we've scored. <laughs> yeah, so he can kind of just chill out and they'll be like, oh, they're, they're having a party. I'll go, and do, I'll go and have a look at that. I think somebody so. did ask him that. I don't know if it was a fan event or if it was an LUTV or whatever. And he said it's just because he's knackered. Yeah. He's absolutely knackered from the amount of running that he does. It's like, yeah. And he tends to do a sort of a quiet fist bump, doesn't he, to himself when, when good stuff happens. But it sometimes gets misread as being like some sort of slight towards the I mean, we couldn't players. have, we bless him as the absolute standout hero of the week, but I think an entire squad of Bills would be a bit much, wouldn't it? That would, <laughs> it starts to wear you down after, going on a, after that's, a while. Going on that stag do. Yeah, so you need a lads, couple stop, of... Lads, uh, stop pranking everyone, lads. You need a couple of Jackies just to kind of balance it out. Have any of these drinks not been pissed in? <laughs> A single one of them. Come on. Well, it was the anniversary of the old uh, Bristol... Of course, um, yeah. Was it Ascot races that they went to? Or Cheltenham. Cheltenham, I think it was. Um, yeah. Where he was he was just a bystander while one of his teammates was... Uh, Throwing um, piss. Yeah, pissed in, a, <laughs> pissed in a pint pot and then threw it off a balcony while Ailing looked on and laughed. But he's... Well, he's not really changed because he stopped doing that kind of he's stuff. He's keeping better company. Certainly is. Well, he's got Jackie with him, isn't he? He's never going to catch Harrison doing that kind of stuff. There we go then. The uh, Gitano Barada. Maybe that's what he meant by being more of a be a son of a bitch. Throw some piss <laughs> at more people. <laughs> the Gitano Barada hero of the week is Luke Ailing, uh, and a fitting a, a fitting award for what's been a good week. And now we go away and we relax for the international break and not be stressed by. I'm sure something will happen that'll stress us out. Probably Augustine verdict will come in or something. Anyway, um, that does wrap up the show for this week. Um, thank you for watching and listening. We appreciate you. Um, we'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. <laughs> 